Welcome to Collective Culture, a podcast where we discuss Twitter, youth, participatory journalism, and social movements. We're excited to start the conversation and dive into the data. In this episode, we'll begin answering questions and analyzing the data from the Arab Spring with Bryson. All right, so welcome to the Arab Spring podcast. In this podcast, I'll be discussing my results and analysis of the quantitative and qualitative data I collected on the Arab Spring movement from both Twitter and scholarly articles. All right, hello, Bryson. Uh, Can you start with just a brief overview of what the Arab Spring movement was? Of course. So the Arab Spring movement, it started in December of 2010 and went until December of 2012. It involved like a series of pro-democracy protests and various uprisings across the Arab world, around like the Middle East as well as North Africa. And it was kind of made in hopes to challenge the government and their authoritarianism. And over the two years it took place, there were countless anti-government protests, mainly peaceful, but some did turn violent and deadly. And the end goal was kind of cultural freedom as well as an increased democracy. And moving more towards our focus topic, you know, digital activism through Twitter and the youth's participation in these movements through both quantitative and qualitative data I collected and analyzed, I was kind of able to get a further and better understanding of the impact these factors had on the Arab Spring movement. Wow, thank you. Um, So you talked a little bit about quantitative data. Can you explain how you collected this data? Yeah, so looking at like the quantitative data collected, we did it through Twitter, which were 50 tweets on the Arab Spring. I set a few filters on Twitter's advanced search settings in order to grab the correct and relevant data. I set the date of tweets posted between the two years the movement was happening, between December 2010 to December 2012. I set the language to show only English tweets just for the ease of kind of understanding the tweets and also set every tweet to show only if it contained the hashtag Arab Spring to keep it focused on the movement as obviously there are a lot of tweets, you know, millions posted a day throughout the course of two years. So I wanted to keep it focused by looking at everything that had the hashtag Arab Spring. Nice. And so when you were collecting this data, what were the key results that you found? So the nine chosen categories that are shown in figure one kind of overlap throughout the tweets. Uh, Over 50% being 26 of the 50 tweets collected fit under the information category where the tweets included some form of information regarding the Arab Spring as a movement or the protests taking place and often included links to articles and videos kind of discussing the movement. The other categories are concern, frustration and criticism. Each were evident in around 16 to 18 of the 50 tweets with both tweets or some tweets fitting under all three categories and others fitting under maybe just one or two of the categories. Both humor and support were each only evident in, I think, seven of the 50 tweets, uh, misinformation at around eight of the tweets, and demonstration details at nine. And the final category question showing up in 22% of the 50 tweets at 11 tweets total. This can visually be seen in figure two, which shows a graph of how many categories were present in the 50 total tweets during the Arab Spring movement. Wow, great. Thanks for breaking that down for us. Um, do you have any examples of, of these tweets that you pulled and just like what the content really was like in them? Of course, I can try to pick a couple just to give an example. Uh, one of the first examples, which also happened to fit under multiple of the categories, goes as stated, uh, human rights, question mark, 
What about the Asians who got killed by Bahraini rioters? Are they not humans? Hashtag Arab Spring, hashtag Bahrain. So this tweet fit under categories of criticism and frustration, as evidently shown, as well as a question since the tweet was phrased as such. Another tweet was made by a verified social media activist with over 100,000 followers. And the tweet goes, um, hashtag Bahrain without hashtag human rights. Demonstration in front of UN on the 14th of December during OHCHR. Visit hashtag February 14th Arab Spring. And this tweet is a perfect example of both promoting and making people aware of the future protest that was going on by giving the location as well as the relevant hashtag being hashtag Feb 14th. So it reaches its target audience. And the tweet also fit under categories such as information, demonstration details, and support. Awesome. So I heard you mention hashtags and how there was like relevant hashtags that help people um, find different topics in the movement. So what were a few of these? Can you break down a few like relevant hashtags that you collected in your tweets? For sure. So when looking at the hashtags used in every tweet, uh, we collected and put them into a table alongside, you know, the categories, retweets, date posted in the full tweet. No matter what the hashtags were in the tweet, we showed them relevant or not. Figure three shows kind of a breakdown of the most used hashtags. Some of the hashtags that recurred the most were hashtag Arab Spring, you know, to signify the movement itself. And then also those hashtag Bahrain, Egypt, Yemen, Syria, Libya and Iraq, which were some of the many countries involved in the movement. And another three key hashtags that were shown throughout the tweets were Jan 25, Feb 14 and November 18, which were all the month and days of a large and key protest and demonstrations that showed up in um, quite a few of the tweets. And there are also a few other hashtags that were kind of less occurring, but were still showed up a couple of times being human rights, revolution and peace. Awesome. So did the number of tweets, retweets that uh, you found in your sample group play a role in the tweets that were collected and analyzed? I wouldn't say so, no. And the reason I say that is the number of retweets for each of these 50 tweets, you know, it tends to signify a user's agreement of the given tweet as they kind of repost that tweet onto their profile for more people to see. And most of the tweets kind of average between zero to three retweets per tweet, which could have been a factor of not having many followers at the time they posted that tweet. And also just kind of the abundance of tweets that kind of took place over the two years, causing it to not have as large of a significance to others because it's piled with a bunch of other tweets over those months to years. However, some of the tweets collected included a couple of social media or social movement activists who were also verified and whose tweets ranged from, you know, 10 to 70 retweets as they would have had a larger following when sending out those tweets. Awesome. Thanks for breaking down the quantitative research for us. And now I'm going to shift a little to the qualitative research. So um, we mentioned in the first podcast what our research approach was, both for quantitative and qualitative. So how, what do you learn from professional like, perspectives and expert opinions on the matter? Yeah, so in order to get a better understanding of our topic, I kind of looked at three different articles from three different professionals. The first article explored kind of social media platforms and their connection to protests and how Facebook and Twitter are key players in kind of the awareness and creation of these protests. Uh, Steiner Threckeld, which was the scholar of this article, kind of collected 14 million tweets that came from the countries involved in the Arab Spring and looked at the protests that took place under the movement. 
Some conclusions drawn from this article was that when the tweets are retweeted or tweets are sent out with relevant hashtags, as discussed prior, these factors kind of help drive the conversation uh, about the movements and keep people not only interested and invested, but kind of just aware of what's going on in hopes that they become involved through whether it's online or digital activism or even person by using their voice and showing up to these protests. The next article by Muladi looked at hashtag and digital activism and how during the Arab Spring in 2011, the hashtag uh, Egypt was the most popular and used hashtag on Twitter, which resulted in large turnouts, you know, at these anti-government protests in Egypt. And this is kind of made possible through the ease of information sharing on social media and kind of showcase the power hashtag activism can have. And then the final article by Schwartz analyzed how Kind of the youth played a huge role in the Arab Spring movement because of their past and current issues with the government and its authoritarianism motives, which resulted in kind of the youth being more inclined to want to participate and make a change through activism and these protests and demonstrations. And Schwartz kind of believed that the youth's power through digital activism played a role in like the anti-regime ad- advocacy. And the youth kind of helped in creating sustainable change during the Arab Spring movement, both online and offline. So while collecting this data, were there any issues that you faced? And this includes both the quantitative and the qualitative data. Of course, yeah. So, I mean, there were a couple for the qualitative data. It was kind of tough to find scholars that were, that kind of looked at youth specifically and their impact through digital activism and Twitter. But I was also able to find scholarly articles that looked at digital activism on Twitter as one, you know, social networks and their connection to protests as another. And an article that was not scholarly, as it was through you know, a news site, but I looked at, it looked at the importance of youth and their involvement in protests during the Arab Spring movement. And then for quantitative data, the tweets were grabbed from various Twitter users that we kind of presumed the, they were aged between 15 to 25, which fit under the umbrella of, or the category of youth. But being able to distinguish their age kind of became a struggle uh, which for the most part we based off either their profile pictures, their bios in case they had their age, their birth year, or even their past tweets or social media is linked, you know, because sometimes on Instagram it could have their, uh, the year they were born. You know, this may have resulted in our data being slightly skewed, but for the most part the data was collected and analyzed without too many uh, barriers or issues. Awesome. So from this information that you gathered from both qualitative and quantitative um, is it possible for you to sum up just your key takeaways, just the the key points that you found while doing this research and while analyzing? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, in summary, you know, because of the numerous protests that took place across many countries and the ongoing media attention it caught over the years, it makes sense for the majority of the tweets collected to fit under the category of information, which kept people, you know, informed through links to videos and articles or statistics surrounding the progress being made for the movement. Concern, frustration, and criticism, which were another three categories, were also highly evident throughout the tweets due to the fact that there were many cases of peaceful protests being shut down by the government with many protesters being either, you know, tear gassed, arrested, or even killed. Uh, The hashtags played a crucial role in the spread of information through hashtags like hashtag Arab Spring to signify what they were tweeting about and to show their support for the movement, as well as hashtag Feb 14, which was you know, those hashtags and other date related ones, which were used to make everyone aware of protests that were going to take place in hopes to increase not only the awareness, but also the outcome of these protests. 
And Twitter allowed for many of its users to help create future protests and demonstrations that turned into you know, hundreds upon thousands of protesters. You know, thanks to information on the date, location, and purpose of these protests that was made on Twitter. This form of digital activism and participation allowed for people to have a voice, you know, express their opinions, concerns, and so forth in the matter, as well as staying informed with the matters at hand. And with all that, this brings me to the end of the Arab Spring podcast.